This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. In this winter semester, we'll be sending out a series of shurim on understanding minhagim, different minhagim of Rabbanim uh, in the last uh, couple of generations, be delivered by Harav Benjamin Tavoy. We're continuing today with customs of Rosh Chodesh. One of the interesting discussions about the text of Tefillah has been engendered in recent years by scholars who have been writing articles in newspapers. It actually begins with the Aruch HaSholchan. When Shabbos is in Rosh Chodesh, so at Musaf we say, instead of the regular Musaf, we say a special Musaf called Atta Yatsarta. In Atta Yatsarta, it says, Ki va'amcha Yisrael b'charta, v'shabbos kachicha, etc. But you never say the normal words that you say on Shabbos, kadshenu b'mitzvasecha, v'senchal kenu b'sarasecha, v'anchileinu v'yanuchu v'yisom kachay shmecha, etc. Now, on a regular yantif, which is on Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, which is on Shabbos, you say the entire text, which really is the essence of Kedusha HaShabbos. Why don't you say it on Rosh Chodesh, on Shabbos? In some texts, it's found. In the Svarisha texts, it's really found. So the Aruch HaShulchan was the first person to point out, at least the first person that I know, that in, it's, a, it's really a mistake in the text of the Ashkenazi Sidurim. And therefore, the Aruch HaShulchan himself said it, and he saw no reason to omit it. He also said, that he had never come across anybody that had pointed it out before him. As I mentioned before, a number of years ago, in the newspaper at Sofer, there was a, a whole discussion. One person wrote about it, another person answered it. They all pointed out that the first one that noticed this was the Aruch HaShulchan. So it seems to me that in the new Sidurim that are printed, Many of the Nusadurim have adopted the text as suggested by the Aruch HaShulchan, but nevertheless, if you look in different Sadurim, you'll see some Sadurim, even though they're recently printed, and this whole discussion has been going on for a number of years, nevertheless, they left out this custom of saying, they left out those words of Kachenim Sosecha, etc., etc. I do think that we should uh, certainly adopt the idea of the Aruch HaShulchan and put it back in the regular text of Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, or Shabbos before or after Rosh Chodesh, has also led to other halachic issues. One of the most famous issues is if Shabbos is Erev Rosh Chodesh, Sunday is Rosh Chodesh, and people generally eat Shalashudis late in the day, and very often they continue the Suda Shabbos until it's Rosh Chodesh, until after dark. And by the time they bench, it's actually Rosh Chodesh. Now generally, if you eat a meal and finish on Rosh Chodesh, you would say Yala V'yavo. If on Shabbos, you would start a Shabbos meal and end after Shabbos, you would generally say Ritzay. But the issue here is, it seems to be a contradiction in terms. To say both Ritzay and Yalav Yavo. You're saying Shabbos as if it's still Shabbos. 
But you're saying Yalaviyafo as if it's Sunday. That seems to be a contradiction in terms. This contradiction led to a big machlokas among poskim, what to do. Some say this way, some say that way. And you can imagine almost all the possibilities have been accepted by one posek or another. In Yeshivat HaRetzion, it's well known that Rav Lichtenstein has suggested when he has been the Rav for Shabbos, when he was the Rosh Hashiva for Shabbos, he always said that what we'll do is we'll bench early, than, earlier than usual. Usually the yeshiva has a long sicha, especially when Rav Lichtenstein is the Rosh Hashiva. They finish late, and they bench after after Kachavim. But here, since uh, the halachic issue was raised, so Rav Lichtenstein would say that we should bench before Shkia, and then he would say the sicha after, afterwards, the issue was never raised because you bench before Rosh Chodesh, you bench before Shkia. So therefore, he always felt you should somehow skirt the problem and not get involved in it. Rav Amital generally did not like an approach where you avoided a Psaq Halacha. He felt that many situations could be passed in one way or another, and he felt that it is better to pass in a shayla than to somehow just avoid the issue. The Hasidim used to point out that the words suffolk, they add up to the same numerical v- value as amalek. Amalek is known by Rashi as a certain coldness, as a certain a lack of warmth, lack of emotion, krirus, asher karchabaderach. So, Rav Mital, perhaps based on the Hasidic custom of Suffolk equals Amalek, felt that Suffolk just leads to a lack of enthusiasm, to a lack of hachra, of pastning a shayla. And therefore, he always felt that whatever you do, you can find a psak, and therefore, find the psak and go by it. What is the psak? So, as I said, almost every opportunity, almost every psak is viable. I'd like to suggest today one particular psak because, personally, I enjoy the idea behind it very much. As I said, you can find almost every psak, but the Balatanya said that he felt you should say both. You should say, would say, and say Yalaviyava. Of course, we're talking that you ate the meal on Shabbos, but you still continued eating after the time when Rosh Chodesh really began. And he felt it could be considered both a meal of Shabbos and the meal of Rosh Chodesh. The problem of the Taiti de Satsui, the self-contradiction, didn't bother him. I don't know, and I can't say this is the reason behind the Balatanya, but we are always familiar with the concept of Bein Hashmashos that is found in Rishonim, somehow Rav Soloveitchik made it very well known. In the Gemara in Yuma, when they ask a question about comets, when the Kohen puts his hand into a, into a carbon mincha, carbon mincha is actually dough. And when you put your hand into it, you take out a fistful. So the Gemara says, what's in the fist, what's in your fist is considered Kaddish Kadashim. What's outside your fist is the regular mincha. And in your fingers, between your fingers, the Gemara raised the issue 
because it gets thicky in your fingers. What is that? And the Gemara resolved that it's a suffix. Rishonim all discussed the question. What do you mean the Gemara resolved it's a suffix? It's not a suffix if it's resolved. It's not resolved if it's a suffix. So the Ritva there says that there are some things that are not known. I don't know if it's A or B, but sometimes there's a new category called A, B together. The suffix of between the, the fingers of the Kabin Mincha, the Ritva says, is a combination both of Kometz and Mincha at the same time. It's not either or, it's both. The Ritva added, and I said this is quite well known, that this is similar to Ben Hashmashos. Ben Hashmashos is a suffix whether it's Yom or Laila. The Ritva hinted at, and as I said, Rav Soloveitchik developed this idea a great deal, that it's not a suffix whether it's Yom or Laila, it's a suffix of both. It is actually a combination of Yom and Laila. We live in a world of contradictions. Sometimes two things can exist at the same time. As I said, I'm not sure that this is the reasoning behind the Balatanya, but th- when we ate the meal at the time of Ben Hashmashos, it actually is both Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, it, which is a contradiction, but somehow AB joined together to a new unit, both Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. In our world in general, we very often live in a world of contradiction, and somehow this might be a reason to accept the psak of the Balatanya that you do say both. Of course, each person should ask his Rav what would be the best solution to this particular problem. Normally, this problem is very well known. Rav Steinbuch raised a similar question, but backwards. What would happen if Rosh Chodesh is on Friday and people decided to make Shabbos early? So, when they made Shabbos early, they get home from Shul, it's still light, they make Kiddush, they can eat their meal, but it's actually Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos at the same time. Here, it's a little different than the case that we mentioned before, because Shabbos is after, it precedes Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos were never at the same time. In our particular case, in a certain sense, it was Shabbos while it was Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh didn't really end until nighttime, but we somehow brought in Shabbos early as Tosefa Shabbos. So is it possible to say both Ritzay and Yalev at the same time? The Rav Steinbuch quoted a famous Taz that Taz said if a person would accept Shmini Atzeres early, he could, he could actually eat outside the sukkah. Since the Tosefas of Shabbos, of, of Shmini Atzeres, canceled Sukkot. If that would be true, then Shabbos would cancel Rosh Chodesh here. And you would only say Shabbos. However, many, many poskim disagreed with his Taz. And in, even in the case of the Taz, there is a contradiction. Because if it's Shmini Atzeres, you're not chayv in Sukkot. We're talking, of course, in Eretz Yisrael. In Chut, 
But on Sukkot, you're chayav in Sukkot. So there is a real direct contradiction here. Here, the contradiction doesn't really exist because you could have a Shabbos which is Rosh Chodesh. In a sense, you do have Shabbos which is Rosh Chodesh. So Rav Steinbach really thought in such a case, it would be proper to say both Rosei and Yalev Yavo, irrespective of the Balatanya that I quoted above. This case, it is actually both Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh without any contradiction at all. Rav Steinbach, in his particular type of style, did not like the idea in general of accepting Shabbos early, which is a different topic completely by itself. But however, if a person did accept Shabbos early in Rosh Chodesh, he did agree with the opinion that in this case you could say both uh, Shabbos, Ritzay, and Yalaviyavo. One of the questions that we've mentioned before, but we're going to add a little bit to it, is when do you take off your tefillin at one Musaf of Rosh Chodesh? So, I've mentioned before that there is a custom to take off your tefillin before Musaf. The original custom to take off your 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 tefillin before Musaf was because of the Kedusha of Keter. Could somehow to say keta yitu l'chashem elokeinu with tefillin on seemed to be uh, not appropriate. But do you take off the tefillin before kaddish or after kaddish? So it seems to me, from personal observation, that most people take off the tefillin after kaddish. Minak chabad is to take off the tefillin before kaddish. And it seems to be that the question would be, what is that particular Kaddish? Is it a Kaddish before Musaf or a Kaddish to end Shachris? If it's a Kaddish to end Shachris, then you would take off your tefillin after the Kaddish. If it's a Kaddish before Musaf, then you would take off your tefillin before. The addition to this topic that I have never mentioned before is in the Sefer, Minag Yisrael Torah, where uh, he generally mentions Hasidic customs, he quotes the Magen Avram that you should take the tefillin off after Kaddish in order to say, to say for Kaddishim, to hear for Kaddishim with tefillin. However, the Eliyahu Rabbah said you should take it off before the Kaddish because you should not take off your tefillin after Kaddish as if you're taking off your tefillin just before you before you, so, you say Shemona Esrei. There's another reason, that some people think you shouldn't take it off after Kaddish, not to create a hefsek between Kaddish and Davening, which is perhaps what I mentioned before, that Kaddish is a prelude to Musaf. The different customs be as they may, as they may be. Uh, I have pointed out that Rav Soloveitchik only pointed out one particular thing. Many people who are in a rush to get together with the chasen to Davin Musaf take off their tefillin and leave them on the table unwrapped. Rav Soloveitchik felt that this was a tremendous lack of dignity to tefillin and he felt that no matter when you take off your tefillin, you should wrap them up and put them in a dignified manner into the bag, wrap them up properly and then Davin Musaf. In fact, he felt so strongly about it that he somehow would instruct people to put on tefillin 
to take off their, to put away their tefillin, even rather than continue Shemona Esrei as it would be. All this is recorded by Rav Shechter in his Sfarim about the Rav. Another c- custom of, of the Vilna Gaon that I'd like to point out is that on Rosh Chodesh, as other special days of the year, the Vilna Gaon had a custom of saying the Shir Shoyom, which would be appropriate for that day. He did not say the regular Shir Shoyom at all. Let's say Rosh Chodesh was on Monday. He wouldn't say Shir Shoyom of Monday and a special Shir Shoyom. He would only say the Shir Shoyom of Rosh Chodesh. And as a matter of fact, Rosh Chodesh took precedence over any other day of the year. Even on Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, normally Shabbos takes precedence over everything. The Vilna Gaon felt that Baruchinavshi is the Shir Shoyom of Rosh Chodesh and takes precedence over everything. What's interesting is in this book that I quote mentioned before, Mineg Yisrael Torah, they have a, a Hasidish custom which I wasn't familiar with. The, he says here that there's a Minik Hasidim that on Rosh Chodesh, when they had a meal, they would sing Barchi Nafshi. And he says the Sanzer did this, the Satmer did this. So people even asked, what, we have a custom of singing during meals? Doesn't the Gemara say it's not proper to sing during, during meals? But he said this particular song was a takana to sing it, and therefore it's proper to do it. This is appropriate for for um, Rosh Chodesh to say Baruchin Afshi. In the, another uh, point, he said that after if that uh, the Hasidim you would say Baruchin Afshi after davening. The Balatanya also said Shir Shalyam and Barchinafshi. Not like the Gra, but he said both. But interestingly enough, here again we find one of the rather interesting cases where the Hasidim and the Misnagdim have very, very similar customs. The Balatanya said Barchinafshi. Of course he did say both. The Custom of the Hasidim was to sing Barchi Nafshi during the meal, and somehow the Vilna Gaon agreed, or they agreed with him, he agreed with them, I don't know where it started from, but they both said Barchi Nafshi is actually the appropriate cheer for Yom Tov. Barchi Nafshi, of course, this is a celebration of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hand in nature, and which is a, a certainly appropriate for Rosh Chodesh. So therefore, the custom developed to say Baruch Nafshi either as Shir Shalyom or as two Shir Shalyoms or as Miros of, of, um, of Rosh Chodesh. Let's discuss for a few minutes the concept of Kiddush Levana. Now, we know that the Gemara in Sanhedrin, and we actually say part of it during Kiddush Levana, we say that is a special privilege that to greet somehow the Shechina once a month, and therefore Amar Abaye Abaye said Hilkach Tzarech the Memra Meumah. 
Therefore, it is uh, proper, it's required to say Kiddush Levana standing. Why would you say Kiddush Levana standing? It just seems to be out of respect. Because since we're greeting the Shechina, Kivayachal, we're going to greet the Shechina, it's proper to say it's standing. Rav Ruven Margolios, in one of his Svarim, has a very interesting comment. A, pre- a lot of people perhaps could argue with this comment, but he pointed out that since this is a concept of Kabbalah's Panea Shechina, therefore the Bracha becomes a Birchas HaMitzvah, not just a Birchas HaNenin, and a Birchas HaMitzvah generally should be said standing. But I'd like to discuss for a few minutes the source of actually the the time to say Kiddush Levana and where it comes from. In Mesecha Sofrim, it says that uh, you should be, you should uh, say Kiddush Levana, Ein Mevarchim Al Hayareach, and the problem is, what's the correct text of the According to one text, it says, And it seems that it's most appropriate to say this tefillah, this special Kiddush HaChodesh, on Matzai Shabbos. However, the Beis Yosef quotes a different text completely. The text of the Beis Yosef is now the question is, what does the word titbasay mean? Titbasay means the word besamim. It means to be fragrant. Many, many different interpretations have been raised to explain this phrase, The Some people think it means Motzei Shabbos. Because, Motzei Shabbos, you make a bracha on Besamim, and that's what Atit Pasei means. The Beis Yosef rejects this pshat completely. He said, why should it be anything to do with Motzei Shabbos? Some people think that it means that the, the moon actually should become as a, a certain shape, a shape that he calls like a chuppah. It might very well be that the idea of titpasim is when a person enjoys it. How many? How long would that be? The first day that the moon appears, you don't get much benefit from it. After a few days, then the moon shines enough that a person can get before can get some benefit from it. So it's interesting to read all our all our different svarim, all our different poskim to see what they say. Some say Ein Shabbos. Some say Ein What's really interesting is that the Aruch Hashulchan has a whole discussion about this, and he points out that the proper time of Kiddush Levana, is actually mentioned in, in the Rambam. And somehow, people generally don't quote the Rambam. The, he quotes the Masech Sofrim, 
in Simen Tafchavav, and then he mentions that according to the Rambam, it seems to be that you should quote do it right away, immediately, as soon as you see the Levana. We always are worried about the time that you, especially in the winter time, that you don't always have a chance to see the Levana during the week. Certainly, if you wait till, till Motzei Shabbos, you, you very often have a problem of when to say Kiddush Levana. It's considered a very poor sign if a person goes a month without, seeing, without saying Kiddush Levana. So, to de- specifically the wait for Motzei Shabbos seems to be a little strange. So let's look for a moment and see what the custom of the Vilna Gaon was. And in the Masa Rav, it says pretty clearly that the Vilna Gaon, I'm going to read from the Masa Rav, and he said, Ein machmitzim ha-mitzvah ad shiva ha-molad. He did not wait for seven days after molad, o ad Motzei Shabbos, or at all, Immediately three days after the Molad, the Vilnagon himself said Kiddush HaChodesh. And he also was Mekadesh Rosh Chodesh before, uh, before Tishabav, before Yom Kippur. He felt that it's a mitzvah habaliyatcha, a mitzvah that came to your hand, and you should not push it off I don't know which text he used in Mesecha Sofrim, but the Maserav just points out that that's what he did. He did Kiddush Levana really right away. By the way, in the uh, Maserav, it has some of the texts of the uh, of the of the Gra as far as Kiddush Levana goes, and one of them is, he said the bracha, Baruch Hashem, Mekadesh Chadashim. There's a real discussion if you say Mekadesh Chadashim or Mekadesh Chadashim. It's interesting because we call it Kiddush HaChodesh. Some people say it really be, should be Chidush HaChodesh. But the Gra said Kiddush HaChodesh. In the Rav's Hesper on Rav Gold, in the printed, in the Sefer, the Vrehagut Varacha, Originally printed in my father's sefer, Sion Menatora, he points out there were two girsos in the text if it's Mekadesh Chadashim or Mechadesh Chadashim. The Vilna Gong said Mechadesh Chadashim. In number Kuf Samech Aleph, it, it says that the Gra didn't say the Psukim at all of Kiddush HaChodesh. He just made the Brach immediately. He said Simentov and he went home. The various customs of Kiddush HaChodesh, of course, are very interesting. The idea of saying David Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayam and saying Shalom Aleichem and giving Shalom Aleichem to three different people also became a topic of reasons for the customs. Rav Shechter quoted an interesting story that happened with his uncle, Rabbi Leon Moseson. In, in one time... The Rav was uh, traveling alone with this Rabbi Moseson, 
and it was time for Kiddush Levana, and he was the only one there. So the Rav said Kiddush Levana with only one person present, and he said, Shalom Aleichem to Rabbi Mosesin. And then he said again, Shalom Aleichem. He said, Shalom Aleichem. He did not look for three different people to say, Shalom Aleichem. He said to one person. Rav Shechter reported that he mentioned this once to the Rosh Hashiv of Kerem Biavne, to Rav Goldvicht. And Rav Goldvicht said that he remembers that the Briskarav did the same thing, even when there were other people present. He could have said, Shalom Aleichem to three different people. The, but he said to one person, the same person, he said, Shalom Aleichem three times. Again, you'll find many customs, many reasons why you say Shalom Aleichem. What was the idea of David, saying David Melch Yisrael Chayvikayam? Is it because somehow David Melch Yisrael reminds us of the concept of the Levana Shetit Chadesh that, you know, has dwindled but will come back? Is it because some sort of a sign, a secret code that they had once upon a time, as some people suggested? Whatever the various causes may be, it's just no interesting to note that according to these minhagim, you didn't really have to say uh, Shalom Aleichem to the same person each time. In the book of Minag Yisrael that I mentioned a few times today, it also has more, as I said, the Hasidic custom of the proper time for Kiddush Levana. He says there that there are many minhagim, and he'll just bring it very briefly. But he does quote the Rambam as saying, Mekachim halavana afilu kfar biyamarishon. And he says that's the opinion of the Zohar too. And it's the opinion of the Tamide Rabbeinu Yonah that a person should not say Kiddush Havana somehow to have a certain sweetness of the Levana, which fits in with what I said before, of Shittitbaseim L'Ora. And he says at least three days, and this is the opinion of the Bach, the Pichadosh. Some people say to wait for Motzei Shabbos, but uh, almost all posts can agree that if you're afraid that you're, the, especially in the winter months, that you won't see the Levana, it's best to rely on the opinions to say Kiddush Levana as early as possible in order not to miss it for the month. One of the interesting questions is, uh, till when can you say Kiddush Levana? And another question is, do you have to be outside the Ramah says you should not stand under a roof to say Kiddush Levana. The question is, what, why is that true? The Aruch HaShulchan suggests that it's not a halachic uh, argument at all, it's just perhaps based on some Kabbalistic reason that you should stand outside. In my house, right outside the house, people, we very often dive in Mariv Matzai Shabbos at home, and people go outside, they go down, down step, steps, but right outside the steps, there's a little bit of a roof. I think I can rely on the opinion of the Aruch HaShulchan that you can stand under the roof. Uh, you do go outside, but I'm still under part of the roof to say Kiddush Levana.